I'm happy to announce that in this new year, we are going to be bringing Small Doses to you live. That's right. Small Doses, the podcast, is now coming to you live to a school or university near you. All you got to do is hit up bookings at divaworks.com. That's bookings at divaworks.com and find out how to bring Small Doses live to you. We going to spill all the DMTs. So funky. <laughs> well, we are just into the thick of things in this new year, and I feel like before it gets out of hand, let's just dial right into side effects of social media. This episode is long overdue. I don't even know how we managed to do a year of episodes without doing this episode, but it really is time. There is so much to unpack when it comes to this. I mean, we're going to have to revisit it at some point because of that reason. And the truth is, I wanted us to do this at the top of the year because I feel like maybe we can start our year off with a certain level of consciousness about it that will help us to carry throughout the year in handling and managing our social media behaviors, our social media patterns, our social media addictions in a different way. So <laughs> strap on in because it's going to be a bumpy ride. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. We're dropping on these hoes. <sighs> Today's gem droppery is... It may seem abstract at first, but listen close. You versus your profile. Now, I felt like this might be abstract for some people because you're like, well, I don't understand. I mean, it's my social media, so my profile is me. And that is not the case for everybody. And even if you feel like that's the case for you, let, let me break, break it down for you real quick. As to why, it's not. You are the living, breathing manifestation of physical form moving in the world. You're responding to things in real time. You have a tone of voice. You are. You have a certain mannerisms. You have a way that you uh, manage things mentally and intellectually, etc. You are recognizable as you. And in more ways than one, not just in your physical form, but even in your emotional reactions and your mentality of how you put things together. Your profile, however, exists with far more control uh, because your profile is not only a very limited view, but it's also something that you feel like you're controlling it because you can determine like this cute little quippy line to sum up like what's of interest to you and you can pick your picture. It doesn't even have to necessarily be your face. It can be an umbrella with a duck on it. Uh, it can, you know, it's just, it's, it's up to you. It can be Leonardo DiCaprio. It's like, it has no limitations. And for all intents and purposes, this is what you put out into the world and you've decided this is what the world's going to receive from me and I have that choice. You don't always have that choice in that succinct of a way in regular life because sometimes you get taken off guard or you're sick that day or you had food in your teeth the whole time you were talking and you had no idea and therefore like you're being perceived based on things that you kind of didn't really have the ability to control the same way that you do have the ability to control what website address you're going to put. 
beneath your name and your quippy, again, status. Now, the doozy about this, though, is that whereas you, even if you are not in control at all times of how people receive you, you have more of an opportunity to steer it. Because in your physical form, you are right there and you can handle it. And they are right there and you can handle them. And you can go back to that a lot of times. And you can actually manage it because there is an actual human-to-human exchange. It's not an automated exchange like you're talking to the UPS customer service, which is unbearable. And you're just like... I don't know how you expect me to enter all of the numbers on this fucking tracking number door tag. And then you don't even understand what I'm saying. And I'm like, four, 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 four. And they're like, I don't know. Are you saying dog? Oh, my God. Why would I be saying dog if I'm supposed to be saying numbers? But I digress. With your profile, sure, you may control what you put up there and what you put out there. But you have no control over how it's received and being able to manage any misperceptions of it. Which is why I feel like you have to be so cognizant about what you choose to put up for your profile. Which is why when young women have they ass out in their profile, I suggest, you know, for them to take a moment to consider if that is the image that they want people to associate with them. First and foremost, because I'm not saying that you shouldn't love your body and you should be able to be free with your body. I just don't know if that part of your body is necessarily what you want people to associate with you as a person, because that's the other thing about these profiles. These profiles sum up your whole personhood in a very like concise way that a lot of times doesn't leave room for nuance. Or for people to have nuance. You know how I know this? Because when people say wild shit to me and I want to give them the clap back that'll snap their neck back, the first thing I do is look at their profile. And I come up with whatever I come up with from what they put there. It may not even been what they were intending to come up with. But it's my perspective that I'm looking at it now. And if you put up there, God's child, you know who it is, I'm going to be able to flip that and be like, Is that the case? Because you said you knew who it is. And that's me wondering, do you know who God is? Because clearly you are speaking the words of the devil up in my comments. You versus your profile can sometimes have a hard time reconciling. Because a lot of people don't even fully understand the ramifications of their behaviors in the digital space. They don't fully understand that how they represent themselves in their profile does affect how they live in real life. I had a boyfriend who was like, I mean, it's just it's just Instagram, Amanda. Like, it's not me. But for many people who only know you through this means, that is the only you they know. So in a way, we have created these like doppelgangers for ourselves. And if we are not conscious, they can hurt us. They can hurt others. They can become very problematic and they can stunt our growth. So be aware you are in the world and you're living in reality. And you may think that because it's social media or the internet, that it's not reality. But we know that social media is though a space for, you know, digital connections that run along fiber optic cables and you may not even see the real person in real life. It still is a real medium 
with real consequences made up of real people who are doing a lot of fake shit. Don't let it be you too. All right, we have got some blossoming bomb-ass questions. I don't know where blossoming came from, but it just felt like the right thing to say. Whoa. So that's what we're doing today because there's a lot of great questions. First question. How can social media be used for political organizing, not just activism? This is a really good distinction, and I actually feel like there's a Small Doses episode that should be uh, dedicated towards this, but... You know, one thing we have to acknowledge is that activism is basically what What I I do, do. which is speaking truth to change, like empowering folks to be active in their consciousness, to be active in their communities, to be active in politics, et cetera, et cetera, and in policy building. And activism is the literal to how I define activism is to being a part of activating the keys for change. Organizing is the people who are actually like using the keys for change and putting them in doors and kicking down them doors. And I think that the way that social media can be more helpful in that is in connecting those dots for people. It's not just enough to like rile people up or to empower people or to enlighten people. You also need to give them like the resources and the conduits to where they can fuel that energy into actual action. So like a lot of times I try to find ways to like call out like different organizations that are doing the work so that if you want to be a part of applying what I'm activating you to do, you can do it with this organization or you can donate in monetary or, or time ways or with product or with toys, especially in this time of year during Christmas, everyone's like doing toy donations. But I think that organizing uh, really depends on the people the army that's on the ground doing the work. And so if you can use social media to help uh, direct people to the right points of light to be a part of that army, then you can be very helpful in that. I think as organizers, you are able to use social media. I mean, look at the revolution that happened in Egypt happened because of social media. It was happened because people were able to connect in real time from different points um, in location to know how to do what they needed to do to make the revolution happen in Egypt. And I think that it's about figuring out how to be surreptitious, but also how to be um, connected. And sometimes it's like a hiding in plain sight situation, but whether it's Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, I think it's harder on Facebook now because Facebook really, like, they do some racist shit. Um, and they own Instagram, so by nature, Instagram be having racist shit happen as well. Uh, where, you know, they'll, like, take down... Instagram took down the comment of me calling somebody a coon. But has never taken down comments of people calling me all types of niggers and cunts. So, and it's like, even when they're reported. So, I don't know. I feel like there's definitely people who are looking at these that are coming from a certain sensibility and they are deciding whose should get removed and they have a little bit more preference about others than they do about others. But I digress. Social media does have positive ways of being used and I have seen it in terms of gathering people, especially like Tamika Mallory. She does a lot of work, especially with the Women's March. That was a great use of social media in rallying folks to come out to their different cities and be a part of being a physical presence. On a basic note, 
you're able to use social media to put up a flyer of this is happening on this day at this time, be a part of it. And you can spread that to people who can then spread that to people who can then spread that to people who can then spread that to people in a way that you simply don't have the ability to do as one person in the same way and in the same measure of rapidity. So yeah, it's viable, baby. Next question. As a celebrity who is partially obligated to be present on social media for a living, how do you manage slash approach social media breaks and mental health affected by overindulging in social media? I don't really feel like I do that. I mean, if you ask Issa, I'm addicted to social media. Um, but I, I consider addictions to be things that you use to manage your anxieties and... I wouldn't necessarily say that I rely on social media to manage my anxieties. Um, I would say more so I rely on Candy Crush to manage my anxieties. <laughs> so I think that for me, I don't take breaks from social media per se. I've tried it and I'm just like, I like it. So why do I have to do it? And I don't think it's necessarily harming me. I get a lot out of interacting. Um, with my social media because I feel like what I've tried to do is be very responsible about the ways in which I interact with my social media. And that to me has caused a different like response to it than I think for other people. For instance, there was a certain point where I realized like you need to flood your timeline with actual like information or joy, not just like gossip and p pictures of people that you know, basically showing the highlight reel of their life. You know, there was a time where like I was trying to get my shit together and I was depressed and I don't want to see you, you and your, your fucking Rolls Royce and you and your man and your man and his mans and all your chains. Like, I don't want to see all of that. That shit is depressing me right now because I can't figure out how to get it for myself. Not because I'm jealous of you, not because I'm envious of you, but because it's so in my face in a way that it is distracting me from the things that I really need to be focused on. And so I changed all of that to like, you know what? I'm going to put stuff on here that inspires me. And I was like following a lot of like accounts that have like empowering quotes. And I was following accounts that have like a lot of um, just like information that brings me enlightenment, whether it is history or stuff about space or stuff about just like random animals and all that stuff is the best stuff. And our guest today Tess Finkel of Metro Public Relations, who's my publicist, like when we're on social media, we don't even have like PR conversations on social media. We strictly exchange photos of animals, specifically puppies. And occasionally I will send her kittens, even though I know it's not really her bag, but it's mine and she respects that. And I mean, a kitten, an adorable animal is an adorable animal. Oh, that is that. So like, that's the space that we exist in. And we will be talking to Tess later on about social media and how it relates to being in PR, how it relates to the young people that she has like pulled about it in her life, et cetera. So that's going to be a really interesting conversation because it's coming from someone who's actually like relies on social media as like their business, yeah. not just as a PR person, but as someone who represents people who are social media like influencers. So yeah, we're going to get to that, but I digress. I don't really take breaks. When I was in Africa last year in Ghana and Togo, I was forced to take breaks and me and Tabby were both just like, Oh my God, we're dying because we just really enjoy social media. Some people skateboard, some people social media. It's just, 
what it is. And I think the one thing I really appreciate about social media as a creative and as a comic, it's actually eased certain anxieties because you're able to get instantaneous response to something on um, whether it's like good or not, or, or is it, um, are you on the right track? I've been able to measure my growth and I feel like I have grown intellectually due to my interaction in social media because it's forced me to have to think in a different way because I understand the value of what I'm saying and where I'm saying it and who's watching it in a way that I don't think I necessarily did before when I was doing interviews that just go into a void and then we see what happens if it comes out, if it doesn't or not. Next question. Have you ever slid into a DM, been curved, and then ran into that person in public? I have only been curved on social media in a DM one time. And that would be the DM of uh, Giants football player Victor Cruz. I did not know about his uh, budding relationship with Karuche, but I learned that day. So you got a good one, girl. Hold on to him. As a hypersensitive person, sometimes I find social media overwhelming and want to delete it altogether. But then I wonder, dang, can I be a modern member of 2018 and not have Instagram? What would that even be like? You absolutely can be that. That's not my bag. You know, that's not my ministry. I should, I wouldn't even have a ministry at this point if I didn't have Instagram. Though the goal is to make sure that you're not relying on Instagram for a ministry. But you know what I'm trying to say. Which is why my book, Small Doses, will be coming out uh, this year. Later this year. Oh my God, it's coming out this year. Ah! author but i know like when i meet men who don't have an instagram i am like overjoyed i'm like welcome to my jungle i've got fun and games <laughs> like please and the step down from that but it's still not a far cry is like when they do have an instagram but like their posts are like six months apart and shit you know the last post is like november 2016 and it's like their dog and you're like, wow, what a gem. And then the step down from that is they post regularly, but they don't post themselves. They post photos. They post the work that they're doing. They post uplifting shit. You know, it's not all memes either. Uh, you know, sometimes people are like, yeah, but it's not selfies. It's memes. I'm like, yeah, nah, I don't know. I don't know about all that. But I, if you, have, if you have like over one selfie on your landing page of your Instagram, sir, We've got nothing, nothing else to do here. Nothing to see here, folks. Nothing to see here. Because I already know that you were not alive during original airings of Cosby Show episodes. And that lets me know that age-wise, we are probably not going to be compatible. And if you were and you're doing selfies, that means that we know maturity-wise that we are not compatible. So, but um Lastly, actually, there's two more good ones. How do you manage to stay a constant, knowledgeable presence on social media while doing all the work that you do? I had to make a decision at a certain point in my life where social media had really like taken on a real prominence in people elevating professionally in my field. And I basically had to decide, like, are you going to tap into the narcissism that's required for you to do this? Because selfies are ridiculous to me. And then at a certain point, it was just like, yeah, but like you get substantially more of a response when you do selfies. So you're going to have to do selfies. But then I found this like balance where it was like, oh, when I do videos that are selfies, but I'm actually talking about some real shit, I get a response from that too. And it feels like I'm not just like giving into the narcissism all the way because I'm actually speaking like truth to change and 
honesty and I'm coming from a genuine place that doesn't really necessarily happen. And I'm doing it without having to necessarily do my hair or dress up. It's just, you know, this is what I'm, this is what you're getting. A wrinkled collar and Mufasa hair. So deal with it. Fight through it to get to the message. So I had to like come to that decision. And part of that was also figuring out like, well, how does this actually like help to serve your career versus just being another one of these people that are on this social media that are not doing anything other than just being on this social media. I came up with a schedule. I had a schedule and I had different types of posts that I would do every day. I literally wrote this out and for a month I would stick and adhere to this schedule. And what doing that forced me to do was it forced me to have kind of like a certain consciousness about gathering and capturing for social media. Now, as a creative, like that's not really a far-fetched thing. It's just that I had to figure out how to contextualize it in a way that felt like I was being a creative versus that I was being a narcissist who's caught up in social media. So it became more about like, oh, oh shit, shit, being keeping an eye open for like, oh, that's a dope moment or that's dope information that people would want to know or that may not know that I want to share, you know, or that's an awesome video of a narwhal. What's a narwhal? Exactly. Social media. So that became part of my daily life. And so now, even though I'm super busy, I've already programmed myself to like constantly and consciously be looking for uh, information, moments, and insight that I can share in the social media space. So it's just not like taking away from the work I'm doing. It's an integral part of the work I'm doing. And it's like that because I made it that way. And let me tell you something. The second it takes away from that is the second it'll go away. Because you see how I turn off them comments, right? Because them comments were so revealing of the idiocy and the just like the the the, the disgustiness of souls and soullessness of people that I was like, I can't even do this. You're fucking up my mojo. And if you fuck up my mojo, you're going to fuck up my money. So I had to just turn them off. Turn them off! Had to get Teddy on them. Pendergrass, that is. Last question. How do you think social media has shifted the dynamic of romantic relationships? Oh, in so many ways. Most of them deleterious, I believe. I think that relationships are already just like an insecure place to be in. But then social media is like a place that not only heightens your personal insecurity, but it also heightens your insecurity of your relationship because it creates just another space for duplicitousness to take place. And it's another arena to be like secretive and, you know, uh, I mean, look at catfishing. Now I got to worry about it. This is really your picture. What? That's crazy. Social media also just creates this other like, hierarchy of relationship right like well what kind of relationship am i in am i in a relationship where we can announce it on facebook do you remember the facebook announcement so and so is with so and so i remember when i was with my boyfriend and we had an argument and i was like you know what i'm fucking done he was just like yeah whatever and then i took that shit off of facebook and he called me and was like are you serious like it didn't really mean anything to him we didn't talk for three days Three days off of his fuck shit. And until I removed it from Facebook, he was like, but it was really because it's like, you're fucking up the fucking vision, man. Like if you take it off of Facebook, then yeah, I said that I said that like when a black person goes into a shop where their car was like ruined, like fucked up at the shop and they have to like find a way to communicate with the white people in the shop to get it fixed without getting like treated as if they were being like aggressive. So they have to use aggressive white man language. I'm just really bummed about this, man. Just really bummed. 
I mean, ah, you can laugh to us. We know you're here. <laughs> like, I remember I was dating somebody and they he took his car to the shop and they scuffed it. And he had to figure out like, he was like, I, I am an aggressive, aggressive man. man. I'm fucking pissed about this. And I need to figure out a way to address this. And the only way to address this is in white man aggressive language. And that's just like, fuck, man. I don't know, bro. Yeah, I, and so he literally like went in there and was like, hey, guys, I really appreciate how you fixed up the car. But there's an issue that I found on the bumper that's really just bumming me out. And they came around and they looked at it. And he was like, yeah. And they were like, oh, well, we're not really sure about if we did this. He's like, no, nah, actually, I'm like totally sure you did it, bro. Because when I brought it in, it wasn't there. And now it is there. And he said they were like, Ooh, man, I don't know. Like, that is a doozy. And he's like, yeah, I know, isn't it? And then there was this, like, pause. And a lot of black people, we know about this pause. It's this pause where you feel like the people that you're talking to know that you're talking to them in a fashion that is not necessarily how you would typically talk to them. And they have to decide, am I going to have to find out how black she's going to have to get? If you're smart, no. <laughs> Let's not play that game. I don't know why I started talking like Barack Obama. No. I, I know exactly why I started talking about Barack Obama. Because the hand. Yes, I'm over here doing the hand. No. We're, we're not, not going to play, play that game. game. I'm like biting my thumb at you like we're in Romeo and Juliet right now. Tybalt. And it's like you really have to decide like, okay, bro, what are we about to do? And he said that they looked at him and they looked at the car and they looked at him and they're like, we can have it for you in a couple of hours. And I know in his mind, and in all of our minds, we're just like, thank you. Because I really didn't want to have to bring out Nat Turner today. <laughs> but again, I digress. This whole social media and relationships, I mean, I see people who are like, it's like, you know how people would just like get married to have the wedding? People are having a relationship just to have it for the gram. That's absolutely happening. I know people who are doing like full like Old Testament Corinthians 22, 26. I don't know if that's a real Bible passage, but like they're doing those level of passages like under pictures of their boyfriend. And you're like, we get it, okay? And it's low key like, look what God sent me. Cause I'm more blessed than you. <laughs> Vomit. Then you have folks who just like feel the need to like do like so much professing of the love on the Instagrams. I know some of you might be listening and they're like, oh, Amanda's bitter. No, because I've had booze while these Instagrams has been out. And you don't see my booze up on these grams because even if they are like dope, I just feel like I don't want to, I don't need to do like a full like you. You are my sun, earth, and stars. We don't need to Khaleesi and call Drogo this on here. Like, we don't need to do an entire spoken word poem. Maybe that's what it is. Because I was an actual spoken word poet, I feel like I'm reading bad spoken word poetry. You and I, I and you. In this world, we travel together. Photos cannot measure the love that we have tethered to each other. Like a mother, I love you, sun to your moon, earth to your stars. I would travel you all the way to Mars. Hashtag couple goals. Hashtag relationship goals. Hashtag the gap. 
Ugh. Hashtag blessed. Blech. And then there's like bay. Let me tell you something right now. Don't you ever refer to your man as bay to me. Because I'm going to be like bay of pigs. I'm going to really annoy you. I'm going to be like Chesapeake Bay. I mean, Puget Sound. What are we talking about? Like, I can't. It drives me insane. Especially when I know your man. I know him. I know, I know him. him. I've met him. I've shook his hand. I know him. Don't call me. Don't be calling Walter Bay. Okay. I know this nigga Walter. I don't need to be calling. It's that's your Bay. Tell me Bay because I can't even call him Bay. So we having the same conversation. We have a conversation about the same person, but you calling him Bay and I'm calling him Walter. This is stupid. This is stupid. This is dumb. Social media, like a lot of times, drive shit like this. Social media makes people stay in relationships that they shouldn't stay in because they don't want to look bad on social media. Social media also has been helpful in terms of like, I think, giving some people some insight into their relationships that they may not have had before. I know with the whole thing that went down with Cardi and Offset, once you excise it from them and you look at it as related to yourself, I feel like a lot of people were able to say, wait a minute, maybe I need to rethink about what I'm accepting and what I'm actually like dealing with. And it's definitely broken the mold in that way. I think it's not all negative. It's absolutely helped me in curving myself from uh, shit, some dodging some bullets. Social media has absolutely helped me dodge some bullets because I definitely met a dude at a party and he was fine as shit and we kicked it off and it was cute. We was having a nice little meet cute. And I went on his Instagram and he was friends with Amarosa, calling Amarosa a queen, honey. A queen. Mm-mm, you're not getting between these thighs. She might be a queen, but you ain't never going to meet Shangri-La. So that had to know dice happen. But that wouldn't have happened. I would have had to find that out the hard way. Would have had to find that out the hard way. Penny Hardaway. Shout out to Orlando Magic. So it's not all negatives. I know people who have sent me messages like, what do I do when my man is like liking all these pictures of like promiscuous women, et cetera? Like, what do I do with that? Your man's also watching porn, just in case you didn't know. Okay. So as long as it's not addictive, as long as it's not crossing a line, as long as there's no DMs, I mean, I don't really feel like there's much you can do about it. They're looking. There's just more places to look now. They're looking at a fat ass on the street. They're looking at a fat ass on their phone. People I like. Yeah. As you all know, this segment is always dedicated to people I actually like whether it's what they do or who they are as a person. And ever so often we get to do a people I love. And today we have my gal, the Monica to my Brandy, uh, though she is a white woman, but still just in a, you know, you know what I mean? And the, the, well, actually, no, she is not. She is a woman who happens to be white. Thank you. Correction. Noted. Thank you. I wanted to wait till you were done. <laughs> Because you know. <laughs> because I know. <laughs> I know when to be quiet. That's why I'm here. Let me tell y'all something. My publicist, Tess Finkel, of Metro PR is a beast for several reasons. Not just because she started her own company at 19 and built it up from nothing. Not just because her company doesn't just represent talent, they also represent studios. Not just because she managed to meet someone on Bumble and manage them and manage them. <laughs> I mean, you could say that. <laughs> and marry them within a year. I mean, you're an inspiration to us all, T-Finks. You also do this all while having two dogs, a consistent beach wave. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yes. yeah the beach yes. wave that you rock. And a Tesla. I mean, it's... 
and a, and a disposition rooted in professionalism, uh, intellectualism, and empathy, which I think a lot of people don't consider to be a possible triad. But you do it. I feel like we're back in Leo season. Thank you. I'm like a Leo. I'm like, please keep going. <laughs> Is this the interview? Because I can do it. I can do it. So, you know, we have T. Finks here. And when my friend Christy first met Tess, she was like, she had met her at an event that was a predominantly black event. And she literally said to me, you know what I like about Tess? She knows how to move in a room as a white woman moving in a room. And we knew what that meant because so much of the work of working with allies is having to like get people to understand that like there is a time and place and you don't have to be speaking over everybody. And we live in a country that really empowers folks, especially like white women and women who happen to be white to do that. And because white women and women who happen to be white have been silenced for so long in this country, like now that there's a certain level of independence, it's just a, a natural, like, why wouldn't I be able to like speak the loudest? That's why we have fucking Meredith Grey, you know, Ellen Pompeo upset that she can't use a black power fist to, to, <laughs> to laud uh, a, a black victory. And it's like, but why do you even need to? And if black people tell you don't use it, just... Don't. It, you know, it's very simple. It's not a hill to, to die on. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> just That's, don't. Just, yeah. just don't. Yeah. Tess asked me, is it appropriate for me to wear a smart, funny, and black sweatshirt? And I was like, yes. Is it appropriate for Tess to wear a niggas got me fucked up sweatshirt? No. But it. <laughs> I would never ask. I saw that in your story. And I was like, what white person? Only a you? white person would oh, ask yeah. that. Not a person who happens to be white, which is literally what every woman who happened to be white that came in my DMs was like, well, she is not one of us. She is not a woman who happens to be white because we know better than that shit. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Mm -hmm. So I really just want to know... What attracted you to PR? Because it's one thing, like, you get all these women these days who love to be like, yeah, I'm in PR. Ugh. Ugh, I'm in PR. <laughs> I'm doing PR. Ugh. I go to schools and there's people majoring in public relations. And I'm just like, what is that like as a major? Because so much of it, I feel like, happens mm -hmm. on the ground in real life. So I'm curious to you, like, what attracted you to PR? Ugh, I think, well, I, I moved to Los Angeles when I was 19. From? Uh, San Francisco, but I did a little pit stop at boarding school in New Hampshire. Um, and and I, who did you go to boarding school with? Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Amanda loves when I talk in my Jewish voice, which I'm a Jew. I'm allowed to do it. It's inspired by my own family. Yes. Mark. Um, Am I not allowed to do it? I think you can. I think you can because you're not... Mocking. You're not mocking and you're not questioning the integrity or capabilities or intellect of a larger group. No. You're not suppressing them in any way. It's just a funny voice. It makes everyone laugh. I mean, who who hears that voice and does not laugh every well, especially time? Especially if you grew up like I mean, I I my former years were in Orlando, but like my I became an adult in New York. Yeah. So like especially like, you know, New York Jews, that's an aesthetic. Billy Crystal. Brighton yeah. Beach memoirs. This is an aesthetic. Yeah. And it's a great one. And I love that every time I do it, you laugh. So I had every to. Every single every time. Say, Amanda. Amanda Seals, good morning. Every time she calls me, I answer, Tess Finkel PR. <laughs> and then I'm greeted with that. Yeah. It's, yes. it's a fun bit. But, you know, I was always really, I was very drawn to entertainment. 
at an early age because it was refuge. I came from not the best upbringing, and so I found peace and joy watching TV and film. So I just kind of had this really um, quick love affair with entertainment because it's what made me feel good as a kid. So I knew that I was supposed to work in entertainment. Honestly, I tried uh, management and production before I landed on PR. This was also the time that Sex and the City was having a real moment. Ooh. And so Samantha Jones, I was like, wait a minute. She gets to go to all these parties, gets all this free swag, drink for free, and I was underage at the time, and gets to, you know, visit with a lot of men. Mm. You know, I was like, this sounds like it could be fun. So that's how I got into PR, and I was quick to learn that there's no business or industry that reaches as many people around the globe as quickly as PR. And I thought, that is a huge power. That is a lot of power. And, uh, you know, I, I, I started this PR company. I got my first PR job when I was 19. I started this company right after I turned 22. And I noticed not a lot of people with this power are using it the way that I think it should be used. Which How do you think it should be used? With a lot of mindfulness and responsibility and consciousness, like we, I know people that have the ears of some of the biggest influencers, and there's so many things to be addressed in the world right now. And either they're just kind of like, oh, well, I'm here just to promote the film or TV. I'm not going to go out of scope. Mm. Or, you know, they have too many clients, they're traveling, they don't have time. Or maybe they do want to support and they team up with their client to do some kind of philanthropic initiative, but it just, I think, falls really flat, doesn't have a call to action, doesn't really speak the language of what they're yeah. trying to. And it just keeps missing the mark. And I feel like, especially now with our government where it is, I think more than ever, Hollywood and publicists need to address things that aren't being properly addressed. And I also feel like the news, I've always equivalent, I've always... Um, equated the news to an abusive boyfriend in the sense of you turn on the news it tells you that you're nothing the world is you know trash trash there's no fire. there's no solution there's no feel good there's nothing uplifting which is why you and i damn each other puppies every day because yes. i'm like look at this it makes me feel good but it's like if you are being told that you're nothing and that everything around you is crumbling every single day and it's only highlighting the bad it's only going to have a negative repercussion and so I've stayed in press. I tried leaving a couple times. I did. And it just somehow I ended up back. And I'm like, Something keeps pulling me back. back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and was that Chingy? Oh, I think it was. Yeah. That hurt me that we said Chingy's name. Sorry. We, 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 can, we can delete that. Um, Worst interview ever. <laughs> Literally interviewed him on MTV and was like, so you know the word Haitian isn't a word because he had a lyric that said, I like him brown, yellow, Puerto Rican, or Haitian. Um, no, he said, I like him brown, yellow, Puerto Rican, or Haitian. That's white, black, red, something, and Haitian. And I was like, you know, the first time they said it, it's Haitian. That's what I thought. Which is from Haiti. Haiti. Ding, ding, when ding. you said Haitian, what does that mean? An Asian person with hazel eyes? What what are we doing? And he was just like, I mean, it rhymed. And that's why Chiggy is no longer with us. <laughs> but we digress. But we digress. So I've stayed in PR because I feel like it's my life's calling to work as hard as I can to counteract a lot of the bullshit 
that is out there in the You better cataract test. Yeah, with positive stories and things that matter. I mean, when I first met you, I was like <laughs> Oh, I was actually, it was right after the Caitlyn Jenner thing had gone down. 1,000%. It was literally a, like four days after. Yeah. And do you remember the first thing that we did together? We went to a diner. <laughs> that, yes, technically that was the first thing that oh, we did. Oh, you mean like the first? The first placement was I had you write an essay about white privilege for The Hollywood Reporter. Oh, I had to write the what, the essay about the Caitlyn Jenner yeah, BS. Yeah, because I reached out to The Hollywood Reporter because I'm like, who really needs to hear what you're saying uh, on a deeper yes. level? Hollywood. And so I was like, okay, I could today I've done something. I put something out there that has reached and hopefully impacted somebody. Um, so that's a big part of what I do. And now, given that it's 2019 – Social media is just such a big part of all of this. So my insight comes from personal experience. I'm an observer of life like you are. And um, I have a lot of opinions, Amanda. You have a lot of opinions. A lot of opinions. That one time. That's a perfect segue for us to get into the next segment, which is that one time where we talk about like how the theme of the episode relates to something in our regular lives. You know this because you've listened to my podcast because you are my publicist. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that you have like young people around you. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious in a way that I don't. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, like, the feedback that you've gotten from them. Because I know that you, like, actually took the initiative to say, like, let me just talk to the young people that are in my life about, like, what social media means for them. Because me and Tess often talk about just, like, our befuddlement Mm -hmm. about the difference in initiative, in um, commitment, in discipline from individuals of this younger generation than from our own. And I know that that sounds like a hackneyed topic. I know some of y'all just rolled your eyes like, why y'all always shitting on the young people? And it's not that. It's just that in a very real way, if you're trying to hire right now, it's really difficult to find people who are young and vibrant, but that are also like not entitled to thinking that their opinion should matter on day one of the job and that Mm -hmm. understand the value of growth and being in an assistant slash apprentice position where you're really like just there to be quiet and and learn you are the padawan i am the jedi master and so in those conversations uh you know tess was like well i think one of the things we we really need to do is just kind of like talk to the young people around us about like what are they dealing with on a daily basis Mm -hmm. because like we were dealing with different things that affected the way we operated so like what are they dealing with that affected what they operated and you got the reality that social media was a big part of the root. It was the majority. Yeah, for sure. I, the only reason I, I ended up taking, first I should say the PR person in me is like, I'm an equal opportunity employer. I will look at all resumes and I love young people. But truth be told in 2016, I went through 10 assistants and I thought, wow, mm. I am a terrible person. Right. I thought it must've been me. Of course. I was like, am I, you know, uh, was I dating one? Or maybe I had like an unrequited crush and it just manifested itself into being, you know, having no patience with anyone. Cause that happens. Um, and then 2017, it was the same thing. And I'm like, and I had a lot of people just quit, but 
I couldn't quite tell why. Mm. It seemed as though they're like, this is a lot of work for me is what I got. This is a lot of work for me. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, You're answering the phones. You are doing itineraries for clients and you're sending out memos. (laughs) You are stationed at your desk. You are not running from meeting to meeting. You're not getting on and off airplanes. You You are putting appointments into my calendar. And I'm like, there's a disconnect. And so then I realized in 2017, it's not me. And when did you when did you realize it wasn't you? Like what was the epiphany? Gosh, there's so many stories. Was it just piecemeal? Yeah, it was just like how many times do you have to see something to realize that it's not you? Yeah. You know? It's like me and dating. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> um, and so it got to the point. And then I just couldn't find anyone to work for us. And I'm like, I have a great company culture. I would argue to say the best in PR. I have the best company culture. Um, I'm super fun. I take my staff out to do cool things. I'm whatever. And I'm like, why is this so hard to fill? So I started asking some young people because what I realized is the second you turn the dial up on any sort of pressure, right? Which is, this is life. You're yeah. you're going to be under pressure. Everyone would crumble. That's when they would quit. That's when they would cry and leave. And that's when they would say, you know, I need to take some time off. And it was just turning it up one or two notches. It wasn't really anything high pressure. It wasn't like a real PR crisis. It was just like having to schedule five things at once. This is too much. Right. And I spoke to some young people. And basically what they said is a lot of them, and again, again, I'm I'm only speaking from my own own personal experience and the people that I spoke to about their circles as well. High anxiety. There is a lot of anxiety and a big fear of failing. There's a big fear of like, if I take this on and I don't do it and I fail, then I have no self-worth. I'm Mm. like, that's really interesting. Where does that come from? And a lot of them said, it's social media. A lot of them will spend hours figuring out what they want to post, make sure it looks good enough. And then when they post, the anxiety heightens because they're waiting to see how many people like it, what the comments are. Oh, my gosh. But I got this answer a lot. I know. It's like, but that's like such another, that, like, paying bills is stressful. So to add a whole other thing on it that doesn't even pay your bills I don't think a lot of these kids are paying their bills. I think they're having a lot of these young people that I meet now are still being supported by their parents, which I think is helping to create this perfect storm of just there's a big confidence problem with young people right now. Okay, yeah. Big, big lack of confidence. There's and a lot of college loans. There's lack of jobs. Well, also, you know, you're being told that you have to Facetune or use whatever oh, app yeah. to alter yourself. You decide that your your day isn't as good because the likes that you got on today's post weren't what you got on yesterday's post. Am I posting too much? Am I posting too little? Well, they're posting. And then it's kind of what you said earlier in your open, which is looking out everyone else and what they're posting about. You start to really compare yourself yeah. versus the key to life is put your blinders on. Put your blinders on. Focus on your own Run stuff. Your race. And do what you have to do. The second you're up looking around at everyone else, you are not looking at where you're going. And social media has really made that made that a really it's a, a practice. Yes. Yeah. So it's just it really is a big confidence issue. And with social media, there it kind of prompted this whole 
anti-bullying campaign wave. I mean, it was just like I said before, like a tsunami of anti-bullying campaigns. Because I get it. If you're being hazed at school, then it comes home with you in your pocket. And that's not sustainable to be getting that sort of feedback from your peers 24-7, which is when you and I were growing up, it was like you saw them at school and then you go home and you didn't have to see them. So there was a bit of reprieve. So with bullying, anti-bullying campaigns, you know, my personal opinion aside, I'm looking at kids now and I'm wondering where from the time they're born to the time they enter the workforce, where is that backbone being developed? And that's why they're scared to fall is because without hazing, and I'm not saying bullying is okay because it's not, especially in a digital age, there's no there's no stopping it. Right. And you look at, I think the second cause amongst young people now is suicide, yes. which is Horrifying. Horrifying. There was that young, the 10-year-old girl who hung herself on a playground last summer. Like, how does a 10-year-old even know about suicide? So it's just so much pressure. And it's because it comes from such a lack of confidence because you're being told you need to filter yourself before you post. You can only post the best. You can't post anything bad that's happening. So effectively, I believe social media is really just this world of photos and comments and thoughts and ideas that can sometimes be good, but for the most part isn't, is, is, is not a reality that I think, that I think helps people, young people with their confidence. Is it possible for it to help people with their confidence? Is there a way to wield it differently? Is it, is there a way for them to manage it differently so that it, it doesn't, I mean, like I was saying, that I think there's something to be said for like curating what is coming into your space in terms of who you follow, in terms of even filtering the comments. I think like even removing comments altogether is like changes the dynamic because it's less about what people are saying and more about like you just putting it out there. But I think when it boils down to it, it's like if you're not, if you are not solid in your core in the real world, it makes it very difficult to be solid in this fake world that has real consequences. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of work to do in terms of finding a balance because social media isn't going anywhere. It's not. I mean, I, I think I think Facebook in five years is going to actually... But there's something yeah. else. You know, there'll yeah. be something else. Yeah, it's definitely not going anywhere. <sighs> What do, how do I think people can change? Well, first of all, the hardest thing for me when I look at social media are the comments. I totally understand why you turn yours off because it's just tangible evidence of how angry and hurt so many people are in this world. Because if you are deciding, today I'm going to wake up and go on social media and say things that are hurtful and frankly, frankly not, not super logical, logical to people that I don't know or do know, it's like, that's your agenda. You woke up today and made the decision. I'm going to bring negativity to a lot of people. And I can, because to your point, I can sit on this couch all day and reach a lot of people just sitting here. So you woke up and you decided that you're going to bring something bad to this world. And so the comments are one thing. I think for young people, I always wanted to do an anti-bullying campaign called Don't Bully Yourself and have young people post photos that had no Facetune, no plastic surgery, no filters. And especially with young women is just put up. I mean, I was such a tomboy growing up and I wasn't the cutest, but it's just kind of like, 
it's part of life and your growth process. And I would love to see more people post photos of themselves that aren't altered to fit a certain perception led by the media. Again, that's why I'm in it because I'm trying really hard to change it. Um, I'm always shocked yeah. at how many people will hit me and be like, I think it's so dope that you don't like get gussied up for the camera and like try to be the beast. We're all the real people now. I'm talking like I'm from the 20s now. Well, it's because you and I are together. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> be careful you might get the fuzzy end of the lollipop um but i feel like where are the real people now if you look at a show and i i don't maybe some of your audience won't know this but like cheers or even cosby you you, you mentioned cosby earlier there are people on that cast on that show either the series regular or the extras that look like real people that you would see walking down the street in New York where the show took place, right? Mm-hmm. You look at television now, mostly everyone's just incredibly pretty. Everyone's just too pretty. And if you look at the shows that have a cast that maybe everyone isn't so pretty, those are the shows that actually I feel have the better ratings. The good place. Is, is something I've noticed is the more real your cast looks, aka, AKA the, the more, more relatable, relatable. There you go. Then you're you're going to have a bigger audience because people will see themselves in that. I mean, like, look at this as us, right? Yeah. Look at that. And I think people see themselves in that. So where are the real people now? It's not on social media. Social media is a creme de la creme of like, it just drives me crazy when I go out and people are just walk. I went, I went to Disneyland the other day. <laughs> Very proud. And, you know, people just walking around with their phones, looking at their phones as they're walking. I'm like, can't you just be here? Right. But they're trying to wait for that perfect moment to capture, to then edit, then post. And it's not a reflection of what they're really feeling. It's something that they spent time where they were missing out on living in that moment. And it, it but I'd be living in the moment with my phone though. Here's okay. I, this is what I want to say about you and social media. I don't think you're addicted to it. I think that you have this innate commitment to educating people and social media is a great platform for you to do it if you look at your stories a lot of it is education and you talk about the cardi offset thing of how good can come from social media only if people like you comment and can kind of take the lesson extract the lesson out of it and share it otherwise it's just more drama on social media well, I was trying to talk to like some brothers that I know that were doing videos and have started doing videos. And I was like, okay, here's where, I mean, I, I asked like, do you want my advice on this video? And it's like, well, tell me. And it's like, you know, okay, you, you did the video, but if the language isn't right in the video, like if the language is, and, and when, when I, I say right, right, I mean, if it isn't clear and if it isn't distinct and if it is not like uh, helpful to your message, you just become another person in the void. And you have to be conscious about the fact that these days people actually watch these videos and like make life decisions. I get mm-hmm. so many folks that will come up and say, thank you for your podcast. Thank you for your Insta stories. Thank you for your IG story gems because they helped me to make this decision that I needed to make. They helped to give me courage, et cetera. They, they, et cetera. They helped me to work on my speech impediment. Like they helped me, <laughs> you know, in all these ways. And that really for me makes me say I have to be incredibly conscious about like how I use my social media. So like even when I'm out or like I'm in Grenada and it's like live in the moment, it's really, I'm like, I'm sharing the moment because I want you to know about this thing that's happening here. Like one of my favorite <laughs> comments is when like, it'll be like a video of just 
chaos. And someone puts, see, no phones, living in the moment. The mm-hmm. dry humor of that. Mm-hmm. I saw a video of these two dudes somehow like fighting two people out of the door in a CVS. And one guy was <laughs> swinging a wrapping paper roll <laughs> like a weapon. <laughs> and the other one threw a log like just threw a log at the person and it was just and and then he was like yelling some type of blood gang that he reps and it was just like what and it starts of course at the height of the drama Mm. and the cop one of the comments was see no No phones phones. everyone just (laughs) living in the moment Mm. and i cried of laughter but i think to your point when i'm at a concert and i just see all these phones up or when i'm at smart funny and black mm-hmm. every time we crown the winner of smart funny and black i have to do it twice because mm-hmm. i have to be like okay, okay does everybody get it on your phones now put your phone down and let's applaud mm-hmm. so she is amada for being our tonight's master blackspert and then they're like but before mm-hmm. it's like because mm-hmm. they don't want to make noise because they don't want it to reflect mm-hmm. on their phone mm-hmm. I didn't want this episode to be like all negative about social media because I do feel like there can be positives but I think at the end of the day what the real takeaway from this episode guys is that you have to take a control over how you're managing anything in your life and social media is one of those things what is your intention what is your intention I think it's a good question when you decide to go on social media what is your intention oh yes yes yeah. Yes. What is your intention? And we've had that question for everything. That's really the key to life. When you go into anything, it's really what is your intention? When you start therapy, what is your goal? If you're approaching somebody to try to get their romantic response, what is your intention? You trying to fuck? You trying to date? You trying to marry this person because you've already been observing them from afar and you realize that this is the one? What is your intention? So can I ask you, have you ever had to act like you didn't know something about someone that you already knew from stalking them on social media when they told you? You're like, oh, really? I haven't. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's happened. <laughs> but I don't think I kept the secret for long because I just can't keep secrets. Yeah. Not even about myself. Yeah. But yes, I've definitely had to be like, uh-huh. And it's like, it's more so about lying. mm it's more so about like someone's lying to me and mm. I know via their social media that that is not the truth. Did you call them out? Yeah. Okay. But it not immediately per se. It's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All, All right. right. Yeah. <laughs> right. We'll get to that. <laughs> social media has just like exposed people's funny soundness to me too. You know, where like it's been reversed. Where like I know that due to my social media, they know something about me and they're not mm. like speaking to me about it or they're not congratulating me or they're not asking are you okay or et cetera et cetera like it's like but I know that you know about this because I know that you saw it mm-hmm. like I have Insta stories and I'll see people watch my Insta stories and then act brand fucking new I remember somebody who had watched my Insta story and then said to me when they saw me in person so what'd you do this weekend and I had opened for Chris Rock I saw them see the story. And knowing you, you were like, I think you know what I did this weekend. That's literally what I said. I was like, you know what I did this weekend. You was watching my Insta stories and I kept it moving. And they were just dumb faced, like uh, a mannequin challenge. So Mm. that's a positive. That that I was actually going to say, there is another positive. If you talk about that CVS video with the gift wrap, right? Uh Put it to music. How people are showcasing their ability to well, I talk about that on musically on, score. On, yes. Yeah, I talk about that on, on uh, Smart Funny and Black. Like specifically, black people have mastered musically scoring videos without a doubt. It is a new joy. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that we have actually seen the true intellect and wit of the black community via social media because black Twitter is an institution. It just is. And just the amount of, of, of words that have been added to the lexicon mm-hmm. via social media, mm-hmm. like where do we get, you know, uh, I mean, what w- we would have never had fleek. Mm-mm. We would have never had on fleek. No. And then the dances, <laughs> The joy. And I know Donald Glover was trying to be like, ooh, so like deep when he did that video and his song. And it was like, look at you guys. You're also enamored and caught up in social media and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's real violence happening out here. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yes, but there's also something to be said for the balance that I think people try and find via the 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 joy and humor of gifs, et cetera. And I think what we're talking about is that you have to keep that sturdiness. You have mm-hmm. to keep that balance and not let it become overwrought. Mm-hmm. And keep your blinders on. It's nice to enjoy other people's content, but don't let it make you feel a certain way about your own life and your own path. Yeah. That's negative. And that's really, really, really hard to do. I mean, don't feel a way about muting people until you feel better about yourself. Mm -hmm. I know some people are listening like, you're encouraging jealousy. No, I'm not. I'm encouraging you to take extreme measures to focus on you. It's really self-awareness more than anything. You know your limitations and you can congratulate people and you can see people. But the reality is that until social media, we were not bombarded on a daily fucking basis with how good everybody's life An is. An hourly basis, a minutely basis. A minute, a secondly basis. A secondly. Also wanted to touch on, you talked about uh, people posting with their boo, their bae, their whatever. Ugh. Here's my theory. And I know you're going to co-sign. The more times you post about how happy you are, the less happy you are. One million percent. Yeah. So if you're on social media posting about how over the moon elated you are to be in this relationship, you need to break up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that. But I'm bump. The last dose. I just want to thank Tess Finkel, Tess, Tess Finkel, Finkel PR. PR. For hanging with us today. I th- we have been planning for you to come on the show for so long. And you're going to be back because the articulation uh, of your of your thoughts and your experiences was notable. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know. It was, was that an In Living Color character? Uh, I feel like that was Fire Marshal Bill. Uh, no, this is Tyron Archavell. Ah. Uh, I, that was like a semi-Shelly from South Park. Stan, let me listen to my Britney Spears records. And then... <laughs> I mean, I could go all day. Let me show you something. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> True story. I played by a Marshall Bill in a end-of-camp talent show for Girl Scouts. Mm-hmm. And that was my big idea. I know what we're going to do. For our group, I'll be Fire Marshal Bill, and you all will be the extras in the sketch. Mm. <laughs> in the skit. I wish Jim Carrey was on social media. Maybe I wish he, that's an account I would follow religiously because whatever is going on inside that man's head is fascinating. <laughs> fascinating. Well, what's going on in your head is also great, but maybe not as fascinating as you think it is. And so it doesn't need to be shared on social media at all times. Uh, that's to my audience because you all be thinking that you got to share every, every fucking, fucking thing. thing. Mm-hmm. You don't. And by that, I don't just mean on your own page. I also mean on mine. <laughs> I don't need you to always feel like you need to say what you think, uh, especially if you don't agree. I don't know why people can't just scroll on by. Scroll on by. 
Scroll on by. Because you won't see me cry. Okay? You won't. Because I am not going to be affected. And I really feel like a lot of people don't understand that like unsolicited criticism on, and advice on social media is not welcome the same way that's not welcome in real life. Somehow people think that because it's social media, all of a sudden it is solicited. They think, well, you put it on social media. So now I get to have my opinion about this. And it's like, yeah, but your negative opinion and your negative critique and your unconstructive critique is just not necessary. Even though you have a right to do it or you are, you know, you you, you have every, uh, what's, what's the word, the word I'm, looking I'm looking for? for? Um, people are always like, you know, it's social media and I can do this. Okay, fine. But should you? Schedule. Should you? Schedule is always so weird when people say schedule. I know it's very British. Well, yeah, now they say diary instead of schedule because they're tired of Americans being like sheshwal. <laughs> um, I also have a small PSA before we go. Oh, okay. Yes. To the white women listening out there, Amanda Seals is not offended by the word cunt. No, I'm not. I just wanted you to know that in case anyone missed that story. Yeah. Like you think you're coming from my neck and I, it's it's kind of like... It's like when I you high five and miss. Yeah. It's like I remember you are glue. Whatever yeah. you say bounces off of me and comes back to you because yeah. I it means nothing. Um now you know. Yeah. It just and and I speak for like all the black women. All of us are like whenever you say it to us we're always like Am I supposed to be offended right now? See, I'm not. I'm never offended by that word, but my white friends are. They're like, <gasps> especially the East Coast ones. Where did it come from? Uh, cunts. I mean, when did white women start being offended by this? I've. Ne- it just literally one day I turned a corner and there was someone saying what cunt to a white woman, and they were like, "Oh my god!" And I was like, "Oh, I guess I know this now." I have no idea. I really feel like it's like, you know what? We need our own oppressive word and mm-hmm. we're going to come up with one. That's what I really mm-hmm. feel it is. It was like, you know, they're over there with nigger and we need our own shit because we are the niggers of the world according to John Lennon. So you know what? Cunt it is. All in favor of say I, I, and then it became a thing. It really felt like a group chat decision. I was not on that thread. <laughs> no, because you were somewhere learning the words to the boy is mine. <laughs> the boy is mine. You never re- like, so if we ever did karaoke, you would be, you would be Brandy, right? Yeah. Thank God. I, I can't do those runs. Yeah. She's a Give long- it. No, that's Monica. Um, the boy is mine. Not yours. But mine. Not yours. But mine. Not yours. But, but eh, 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 mine. Yeah. Yeah. You need to give it up. Ooh. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. I know his name. I'm in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and let me just say this. This has nothing to do with this episode. But it has been a life's work for me to find people to work with that can find the balance between professional and personal. It is a very fine balance. It's difficult. It takes a certain kind of person. It takes a certain understanding of self to be able to be that person to other people. And I will always say this, and I'm saying it publicly, I appreciate that we have been able to like really like learn and master that balance. We've had bumps, but there wasn't bruises. Why? Because we're both conscious, um, empathetic, 
people that care about each other. Mm-hmm. And you want to find people that you can work with that genuinely feel that way. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it may take you having to get, get outside of yourself and be like, okay, wait, 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 wait. This is a human. This isn't just the person I pay or this isn't just the person who pays me. You know, because sometimes you're like, my boss is blah, blah, blah. And it's like, your boss is a human too. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going on. Mm. That's true. <laughs> you don't know what's going on. No. So sometimes it's just like you got to kind of give people a little leeway. And uh, it's the same thing on social media. People come at you crazy sometimes. And you, as, as a celebrity, I can't believe I just said that, but I guess I am one. As a, I mean, if I'm doing my job right. <laughs> as a celebrity, it's like people think that I don't have feelings. They think that I am this like uh, impervious uh, individual. And they don't consider that like what they're saying could hurt my feelings. They don't consider that what they're saying could be seen. They don't consider that what they're saying um, could have lasting effects beyond just what they sent it and moved on with their life. So just be conscious of that, guys. Be conscious of that, not just with celebrities, but with everybody and not just, you know, the, the people that you know. But when you go on these forums and you go in this space that you're uh, that you're uh, inhabiting, always remember that social media is not it's not not real. It's just a whole other world outside of the human analog world that you are in. And the same rules and codes of ethics that you utilize in the human to human world, practice that in the social media world and you going to be all right. Don't forget, I be knowing my special debuting on HBO January 26th.